deal figured out. He shows me, he, he, don't, he don't think like we think. How many of y'all have, have recognized that by now? You know, instead of keeping a ship together, he tore it all to pieces and gave everybody a piece to float to shore on when Paul was shipwrecked. Instead of saying, uh, I'm going to keep Daniel out of the den of lions, he just said, I'm going to let him be safe in the middle of it. Now, I don't want to go to the fiery furnace. But you know, sometimes God has to let us face a fiery furnace to see that he's bigger than the fiery furnace. And every day that goes by, I see how big he is and how little I am. And every time I try to, I try to put him in that little thing that I've got figured out, he just blows that box all to pieces. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter number 1. I want to read in verse number 8. 2 Corinthians chapter number 1. In verse number 8, amen. Uh, you never know what's going to happen at Temple Baptist Church. Say amen. Listen, the Bible says that, that Paul is, is comforting. This is his second letter to the, the Corinthians, and he is comforting them. One of the, one of the sweetest verses in the Bible to me is, is verse number 3 and 4, uh, where he talks about God's going to comfort us, and with that comfort, we can comfort others. But he goes on a little further than what I want to deal with today in verse number 8. Verse number 8, For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure, above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life. But we had this sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in which raiseth the dead, who delivered us from so great a death, and doth deliver in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. Let me, let me go back and read verse 8 again. Now I want everybody to read it with me in concert, if you will. For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure, above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for this place. Lord, thank you for... <laughs> encouragement, showing us that you're bigger than our problems, you're bigger than our trouble, you're bigger than our valley. God, your will be done today. Please anoint me, touch me, help me. Uh, Lord, uh, 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 nothing's working on me right now, and I pray that you'll use me, and you do it, because I can't breathe, I can't talk. Lord, I pray that your will be done. Preach through me your word and truth. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. You may be seated. God began to speak to me this week about what he wanted me to share with you this week. And, and, and uh, you know, I, I can't think of any time that I remember. I remember as an adult looking back through my childhood, because many times when you grow up in childhood, uh, you, are, you are shielded from uh, trouble. You're shielded from financial problems. And, and, and we never knew that we were poor. We had no idea, you know. I mean, we never knew uh, that, that we were in bad situations sometimes. But, man, I, I, in, in the day we're living in right now, when you turn on, you cannot turn on anything, you cannot turn on anything, any news forum, or read the newspaper, or listen to the radio, that they're not talking about the economy. Would you say amen right there? Or, or the, the, the Iran situation, or the, the nuclear situation, or, or, or all these other things, the, the, the terrorists. And, I mean, it's just, it's just a, uh, from man's point of view, it is a fearful time to be alive. It, it just really is. Uh, people are under so much pressure. It's amazing to me that, that we have so many things that's supposed to help us in life, so many things that's supposed to make things easier, microwave ovens and all this stuff that's supposed to give us more time, and we are under more pressure today than ever before in history. 
I mean, people never have time for anything. Never have time to relax. Never, and, 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 and it just gets worse and worse and worse. We are at an epidemic, an epidemic proportion of people taking medicine for depression, taking medicine for anxiety. Where does anxiety come from? Pressure. Pressure. So now the new fix is take a pill. Uh, what, what is the deal with all of this pressure? I, I'm, I'm a laid-back kind of guy. I mean, I really am. And, I, and, and sometimes I get strung out in, in high-pressure situations. And, and as I was reading these verses, God began to share with me some things I want to share with you here this morning. Uh, the first, the bulk of the, the message this morning is going to be the why. Why would God put us under this much pressure? We sing, we sing, he loves me, he loves me. Uh, you know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But he commendeth his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Man, if he loved us this much, why, why is he putting us under so much pressure? Why do we go through the things in our lives that we go through? Why would he do that to us if he loved us so much? And the, and the biggest bulk of this message is the why. Because everybody wants to know, don't we tell the truth? The, the, the what to do is at the end, and it's going to be very short, and it's going to be your choice on whether you do that or not. It's just up to you. You can do it or not do it, but you need to understand why God is doing what he's doing when he puts you under pressure. Number one, number one, <coughs> how many of you, how many of you, uh, now, I, I'm, I'm probably going to, blow some young people's minds, but they probably ain't going to know what this is. Uh, if you're under, if you're under, no, if you're over 30, don't say nothing, all right? If you're over 30, don't say nothing. If you're under 30, uh, do y'all know what this is? <laughs> he says, a pot, man. What's it look like? All right, genius. What kind of pot? Amen. What is it? A pressure cooker. How many of y'all have ever used one of these? Anybody ever used one of these? Well, I was a little bitty fella. I was a little bitty fella the first time I ever seen one of these. I mean, I, was, I, I went to my grandmother's house uh, uh, and, and went in the kitchen because any time at my grandmother's house, she's always in the kitchen. When she's through getting ready for breakfast, she's getting ready for lunch and, or dinner and then getting ready for supper. Amen. And, uh, and if you didn't have dinner and supper, then you're Yankees. Amen right there. Amen. amen. Anyhow, I, excuse me, I'm sorry. Uh, but... I went in there, and, and, and this thing was on the stove, and this little, this little fella right here was spinning like crazy. I mean, there was things coming out, and that thing was just making the funniest. It was the coolest thing I'd ever seen as a little, a little fella. I mean, I'd never seen anything like that. Well, well Grandma, she was, back, she was at, the, at the sink doing something, washing potatoes or something. Well, I went over there, and I went to, I went to touch that because that thing was spinning around, and she liked to have beat me to death. I said, what, what are you doing? She says, boy, that's a pressure cooker. That thing will blow all over the place. And I said, whoa. I said, what are you doing with a pressure cooker? What does that do? And what it was, she was cooking a certain type of meat that's very, very, very tough. She would put it in this pressure cooker. And, and listen, after a while in this pressure cooker, it tenderized it. And then she would take it out and deep fry it in gravy over rice. I need a witness right there. Told you we're getting in the gospel this morning. Amen. <laughs> she said that there's certain types of meat that you just, no matter what you do, if you don't pressure cook it, it's going to be tough. And Paul said, we, we were pressed out of measure, even to the point that we didn't think we was going to make it. 
I mean, we got to the place we thought we were going to die. This is it. This is, it's over. I can't take any more. He said above strength. We know the verse that says God will not tempt us above what we are able. But this is a different thing. This is about pressure. This is about difficulty. Look, look, look. look. I, 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 I read and, 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 and wrote down a couple definitions of the word pressure. Pressure, the burden of physical or mental distress. Now watch this one. This is the one that usually gets us or it gets me. The stress or urgency of matters demanding attention. Demanding attention. We have been going like wildfire around here. We're working on every part of this property. I mean, there's things going here and there and everywhere. And, and I mean, it seems like there's always a problem somewhere. We were going, uh, we were going, and, and I, I came out of my office to go take care of something. And, and, and a couple came up with some issues with tears in their eyes. I said, just go right in here, first room to the left. It was an urgent matter that demanded attention. And you know what? We have these every day. We have these and we face these. And I'm telling you, sometimes they will get to the point, you say, I can't take it anymore. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Listen, why would God do that? Why would God do that? According to the book of Job, I don't think, I don't think anybody can, in here can say they've ever been under the pressure that Job was under. Would you, would you agree with that? I mean, this man was under serious, serious pressure. The Bible says, this is what Job said about it. Job 23, verse 16, he said, For God maketh my heart soft, and the Almighty troubleth me. Well, that blows a lot of people's theology out the water, don't it? Oh, God would never do something to you. That's always the devil. Hey. When God was through with Job, Job seen God like he had never seen him before. He began to think like he had never thought before. He began to see like he had never seen before because God made his heart soft. What does God do with pressure? He softens our heart. Say that with me. He softens our heart. Now, why do we need that? Brother Travis, I'll tell you why. Because sometimes our heart gets hard towards sin. Our heart gets hard towards sin. Because iniquity abounds, the love of many shall wax cold. Because we are around it every day, we get used to it. It's like walking into a room, a dark room, and you can't see nothing at first. But the more you hang around it, your eyes begin to get used to the... And you know what? As Christians, we get out into this world and we get around the iniquity. We get around the sin. We get around the, the, the evil that's out there and around the disobedience. And I'm telling you, the more you hang out with it, you begin to get used to it. You begin to get sensitized to it and desensitized to it. And it don't begin to bother you like it did before. Sometimes God has to put us into situations where it will, it will show us what we really are. It will show us how holy He is. What an awesome song that was. He is holy. He is thrice holy. There are creatures around the throne every day saying, Holy, holy, holy. Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. He's a holy God and He wants holy people. And sometimes we get so caught up with our surroundings. Sometimes we get so hard with that that it's around us. We get so used to it that we forget that we are to be holy too. We forget our calling. We forget who we are. We are representatives. We are children of the King. I need a witness. And I'm telling you, I've seen grown men, six foot three, 300 pounds, sitting in a jello state in my office because of pressure. 
pressure. Boy, we think we're tough sometimes, don't we? We think we've got the world back. We think we've got it all figured out. But God knows just how to show us what we really are. Paul was a man. He had it intellectually. He had an education. But he said, man, God put us. Only thing we could do was look up. And sometimes we need to be softened because of sin. But not only that, sometimes God has to soften our heart because of sinners. We get hard towards sinners. That drunk ought to just get a job. Bless God, get off the streets. <laughs> you just don't know. Let me say something, because this, this needs to be said. This needs to be said. I believe the Bible. How many of y'all believe the Bible? I believe the Bible when it says, if a man don't work, neither should he eat. I believe that. I believe every bit of it. I believe it. I'm not politically correct whatsoever. I don't believe. I believe, listen, you need to work hard. I believe every person ought to work hard. And, uh, and me and my wife were speaking and talking, and she asked me, she said, well, well Michael, if you're, you, you believe that, but, but what about you're going and feeding people that, that's not working? And I thought, that's a very good point. That's a very good point. But you know what? As long as we sit in this building and never go see it, that's what you're going to think. But you're not going to see the people that, 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 they're, that, are, that are not all there. That don't have the capacity to, 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 to mentally keep a job, much less keep a, a straight conversation going. And you won't see that. You won't see people that are in wheelchairs with no legs. You won't, you won't see people that will work any job that would be given them, but they're not making enough hours to be able to do anything but buy uh, just a piece of food here or there, so they're hanging out in the park till they can find work. Are there others that's there that's sorry? Yep. But there's some in here that's sorry. Is there some going to get? Yeah, sure is. But Jesus said to have mercy on the poor. See, see, that's where he was. That's where he hung out. Now, if you're in here and you have the ability to work, you, you have, you have the, uh, all of that, and you don't, shame on you. There's one thing I can't stand. I can't stand laziness. I can't stand laziness. God never called a lazy man. Everywhere in the Bible that he called somebody, they was already doing something. David was keeping, listen, the sheep. Saul was going after his father's uh, uh, livestock. There were people that were already plowing oxen and, and fishing. Listen, he didn't call no lazy people. And we need, we need to break out of that sin. That's a sin. But I'm telling you this, sometimes, sometimes we can get so caught up in, in who we are. We can get so caught up in our, our culture, our character. And, and my dad was a worker. He made me and my brother work. And, and listen, it didn't matter. It, if there was a work day at church, we were carrying blocks. We were toting bricks. We, he put a work ethic in us. In my nature, just in my nature, when I see that, I, it, it, it just... But I've got to be so careful that, that, that I won't overlook somebody that needs my attention because my heart's too hard toward their situation. 
Because Paul said it well. He said, I am where I am by the grace of God. And if it wasn't for the grace of God, you may be in that park. Listen, there are some situations we've heard them. Brother Travis has told me stories of things that were totally out of their control. Totally beyond their ability to control the situation. Yet here they are in a situation where they cannot help themselves. But some of us are so hard. We've gotten hard toward our family. We've gotten hard toward people who, who, listen, they're in sin and they don't know any different than what they are. They're just doing what comes natural, but we'll sit on our high horse in this clubhouse. And won't reach out to them because they're not a member of the club. They don't pay the club dues and, and, and they don't wear the club uniform and, and they, that's a bunch of garbage. God didn't call no club, He called a church. A church that is the body of Christ is supposed to go out and reach those that are in need. And I'm telling you, you may be under the pressure you're under to soften your heart toward broken people. God will soften our hearts. Well, I tell you, I would never... You better be careful. You better be careful. You may be the one that's going to need attention one day. Be careful passing all them people going up that ladder of success. You better smile at all of them because you may see them again on your way back down. Church, say amen. Amen. Pressure. It softens our heart. Boy, I don't think like I used to think. I don't, man, I tell you. There's that one verse in the Bible that says, mine eye affected my heart. Boy, that's true. It's true. Used to tell people, Facing depression or difficulty like that. Oh, just get over it. It's just in your mind. Boy, that's, that's so wrong. It's amazing how smart we are that we go through it. We got too many armchair quarterbacks in the house of God. Everybody wants to say what they would have done, but they don't get in the game. God will soften your heart through pressure. He will put you in a state where you can understand and relate to that person who's broken. God softens our heart. Then number two. Number two. Church, say amen. Amen. Travis, we need this pot full of pintos. Say amen right there. (laughs) Hallelujah. Some cornbread on the side. Amen. God will soften our heart. But then the second thing God showed me. God will put us under pressure. God will put us under pressure to show us our helplessness. Or you can put the word hang-ups there. That's a good one. Show us our helplessness. Boy, Peter was gung-ho, wasn't he? Man, he was, he was such a character. I love this character because I can so relate to him. Because I get so caught up with things and sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm chewing on my kneecap before I even feel it. Put my foot in my mouth so much. or Just because you just, you just want to see something happen. Jesus was trying to show Peter something, and he wouldn't listen. He said, he said, Peter, I know you. your spirit's willing, son, but your flesh is weak. Your flesh is weak. And boy, he just wouldn't hear it. He said, no, nah, don't worry about me. He said, Peter, you don't understand. You're going to deny me. Before the cock crows, you're going to deny me. He said, I ain't never going to deny you. Everybody else will run out on you, but I'm not going anywhere. Hey, I am with you. I am the man. Okay. Seems... What I'm trying to say to you ain't getting through. Let's see if a little pressure 
will get through. My dad moved up here. My dad moved up here in, 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 uh, from, from uh, Fort Pierce, Florida. The land of coconuts and palm trees. Say amen. Crab legs and sunshine. The sunshine state. Amen. Sunshine. Do y'all get that? Not snow, sleet, I, sunshine. South Florida. He grew up in South Florida his whole life. We never had a fireplace. I always wanted a fireplace. Dreamed about having a fireplace. Listen, when, when, when I met Tammy and we, we began to uh, 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 be sweet on each other, I went to her house and she had a fireplace. I knew she was the one. <laughs> Every day we ever had was eating dinner at their table. And then the rest of the night, I was playing in the fireplace. Her mom was afraid I was going to burn the house down. Amen. It, it, it was wonderful. But we, we never had it. It was just it's warm most of the time. It gets cold rarely sometimes, every now and then, but not like here. Well, Dad moved up here, and he's, he's renting a, an older house, you know, an older wood house with a, with a crawl space about that big, it seemed like. And, uh, and he was going to save some money. He said, I'm just not going to turn the heat on. I'm not going to turn the heat on. I'll save some money with the heat, and, uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll just save us some money. Well, y'all know what happened. It got cold. It froze every pipe underneath the house. Every one. Well, y'all know what happens. Y'all know what happens. This happens. How many of y'all ever had broken pipes? I mean, I got in there, he calls me, and, uh, and, and it don't matter what I'm doing. When dad calls, he says, what are you doing? I know when he says that, I'm fixing to do something with him. Or I'm fixing to do something for him. He said, what are you doing, Travis? Am I telling the truth? Yes, sir. Uh, uh, if you hear his number, you know you're fixing to do something for him. He said, well, I got a couple broken pipes, and, and, and I need you to come over and help me fix it. That translates means I need you to come get under the house and fix that while I watch you from the outside. <clears throat> That's translation. I got over there, and there was three, there was three of them, them joints like this here. There was three of these things that were snapped, and they looked like that. They looked like that when it was cracked all the pieces there, but it was here. And, and three of them, and I saw them, and, uh, and I told them what we needed. So how many of y'all know when you do plumbing work, you go to Lowe's 52 times before you're through? You never get the right thing. You never do. It doesn't matter. You never, you're going to go more than once, so just have a party. Amen. Well, by the time we got all the stuff, we got those three fixed. I'm laying there. I'm laying there underneath the house, and I mean, I mean it's like it's right there, and and, and, and I said, look, go turn, the, go turn the pressure on, and I'm going to see if these things are going to leak. And he said, okay. So I'm laying under, now it's cold, remember? It's cold. Did I state that it was cold? It was cold. And I'm laying under there, and uh, he goes down to the road, and if y'all know where my dad's house, it's like, it's like three miles to the road where it is. It, not that far, it's about... 100 yards, 200 yards maybe. And, uh, and I'm laying underneath the house and, and, uh, and, and he goes and turns the pressure on and I'm telling you, it looked like Niagara Falls underneath that house. I started screaming, turn it off, turn it off. He said, what? I mean, it's, I'm getting muddy, drenched, and I'm trying to crawl out, turn it off, turn it off. And we finally got it off. I said, what in God's name has happened? I fixed the things that was broke, and then I, I got to looking, and I, and I grabbed one of the pipes that, that water was just pouring out of, and I, excuse me, I grabbed like that, and I just twisted it a little bit, and there was a hairline fracture that was throughout all of those pipes. So what does that got to do with this? 
How many of y'all know, how many of y'all know we've got some of these in our life? Those things that are obvious that we know we need to work on. We can see them, we know them, and, 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 and we know that they're there. And we know we need to work on some areas in our life. And we'll focus on that. But do you know what? God sees some other areas in your life that you don't even know is there. Till He... Yeah, you look real good sitting here with your tie on this morning. But you let that old boy pull out in front of you in traffic. Yeah, you talk real sweet and you you hugging up all on honey, but you let her make you mad. And we got anger problems we didn't even know we had till we were put under. Some of you got a tendency to run. Some of you got a tendency to quit and give up. Some of you got a tendency to that escape mode, but you never know it till you put under pressure. And see, God knows what we really are. God knows what's on the inside. God knows what we need. He knows the areas that we don't. And He's not doing it so He can figure it out. He's doing it to show you. Peter was put under pressure. Listen, everybody else run out on Now he's standing here by himself. He goes here and now they are saying, hey, I believe you was one of them. He begins to fear for his life. He's, no, 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 I wasn't one of them. And pressure begins to mount in his life. And what God was trying to tell him the whole time, he never saw it and he never thought it till he was put under pressure. You see, he'd have never realized what he really was. He would have never realized his weakness that he had. You say, but Jesus told him. How many times has God told you something in here? How many times has God spoke to your heart in here and you let it go through one ear and out the other? You let it go right over your head. I mean, the preacher was preaching right down your pew and you just ignored it till you got the doctor's phone call. You got that situation that took place in your life that you thought you were going to die and you wondered how in the world did I get into this shape. Some of us think we're really strong when it comes to temptation. Some of us think we, we got it, we, we've got it licked, man. We've got it whooped. Hey, I don't, I don't have no issue now. And God said, oh, no, no, no. Don't go there. Don't go there because you're not. You don't have it all together. You still need me. Paul said we were pressed out of measure, even despairing unto life, that we would not trust in ourselves, but in Him who could raise the dead. I'm telling you, every day that I go by, God shows me every day. He allows things to come into my life to show me how much I need to trust Him that I cannot do it on my own. Listen, He wants to show us. Listen, you know, weaknesses determine worth. How many of y'all know that? Weaknesses determine worth. The, the chain is only as strong as it's... How much are you worth to Him? How much are you worth to the kingdom? See, God wants you to see that. Because He wants to put you under the kind of pressure to show you what's really there, what you need to work on, that area of your life. And you say, well, what, how will I know what it is? You'll know what it is. It's whatever you succumb to when the pressure comes. What do you have a tendency to do when the pressure shoots up? 
Do you have a tendency to run from church? Do you have a tendency to run from God? Do you have a tendency to get anger or get angry and take it out on your family? What do you have a tendency to do? That's what God wants you to work on. Do you have a tendency to not trust Him? Do you have a tendency? Are, are y'all with me? Y'all still here this morning? Everybody with me? See, we know. Let's, let's not kid ourselves. We're adults here. We, we understand. And God will, God will never do something in your life without telling you why He's doing it. Somebody asked me the other day, how do I know if this is, if this is discipline or if this is development? Because sometimes discipline and development feel like the same thing. They're both painful. Sometimes God wants to put things in our life to develop us and make us stronger and make us more like Him. But then sometimes God will put things in our life to discipline us and get our attention and bring us back to Him. How in the world can we tell if it's discipline or development? I'll tell you. Because before He disciplines you, He will tell you why He's disciplining you. You already know. Because He's tried to get your attention with a still small voice. God will never put you into a scourging situation. He will never put you in a chastening situation till He has spoken to you with that still small voice because He is the sweet Holy Spirit and He loves you like you're His only child and He will try to do whatever it takes to get your attention. But if it don't work, He will result to scourging. But you'll know why. You'll know why the whole time. You'll know why before and you'll know why after. Say amen. Y'all know I'm right. And if you're here in this situation, your life's right, you're right with God, you're trying your best to do what you, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, <clears throat> you know what to do, and, and you're, you're in the will of God as far as you can tell, and you're, you're trusting Him, you're believing Him, and there's no evident sin in your life, you've confessed everything you know, but that situation is still there, He's making you more like Christ. Listen, God will soften our heart with pressure. God will, listen, he will, he will, he will, what I say, he will show our helplessness. He will show those areas that we don't even realize we have. Those tendencies that we don't even realize there until we're put under a situation. You say, well, I'm just going to leave this one and go to this one. There's going to be pressure there too. Well, I'm going to leave this man and go to this man. Are you kidding? He's made out of dirt too. It's not a situation where we need to run. We need to run to Him. Listen, God will show us those areas that we need to, we need to work on. And then number three, quickly. <clears throat> number three. Uh, as y'all can tell, I use one of these a lot. I appreciate y'all's encouragement this morning. Weight bench. Looks like a torture chamber to me. Say amen. In school. In school. You know, I, I played on these and messed around. And then we had a class. You had to take weight training class. And then you have to learn the stuff about it. You know, the bookwork part of it. Man, I just wanted to get in there and play on the machines. I didn't care about, you know. But you learn stuff. You learn stuff. Well, in school, I learned that when you're, when, you're, when you're weight training, you're applying pressure to the muscles. Well, actually, it's tearing the cells down. It's tearing the muscles down. When you're working out, it's tearing them down. Did y'all, did y'all realize that? I thought, wow. You apply pressure to the muscles. You, you apply resistance. Y'all with me? You apply resistance to your muscles and it tears them down. But when they grow back, they always grow back more and bigger. I need a witness. 
But if you don't ever apply any pressure, you get weak. You get weak. You get weak. You get weak. A man was, a man was studying a butterfly, and that butterfly was struggling to get out the cocoon, struggling to get out the cocoon, struggling, struggling. Well, he just tore the cocoon open and let it come out. And you know what happened to the butterfly? It died. Because the struggle is part of the process that God uses to build the muscles of the butterfly so it can fly. And part of the struggle you're facing, it's not because God hates you. It's not because you're a bad Christian. It's because you're a good one and you're getting stronger. And if you don't apply these things, God wants to build your faith. Do you realize from the time the disciples begin to follow Christ, they face one difficulty after another, one trouble after another, one heartache after another, one storm after another, one devil after another? Why? God was building their faith. And every time he approached them about it, when they would come, Oh, we're going to die. Don't you care that we perish? Where is your faith? Why are you so little faith? Will he find faith on the earth? Why? See, you remember what I said in the early part of the service? It's all about trusting him. The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. The just shall live by faith. For by grace are you saved through what is the greatest desire of your father? It's for you to believe him. He just wants you to believe him. He said, Abraham, go to a place that I'm going to show you. Don't worry about it. Don't ask about it. You don't need a GPS. I'll show you when you get there. He picks up and goes, but the first thing he faces when he gets there is a famine. And he went down to Egypt. He did not trust God. And he got in trouble. Y'all know the story? God got him back to where he needed to be and God began to bless him again. And the whole point of that famine, God did not mistakenly send him to a place of famine was fixing to happen. God knew all about it. He sent the famine to test Abraham's faith and build it. Because the more, oh, sure say amen. He will send pressure. He will apply pressure to strengthen your hold. If there's ever been a time in history that we need Christians that are full of faith, that they believe God, it doesn't matter what the economy does. My God shall supply all of my needs according to His riches and glory. I've got a God in heaven who is richer than any bank on earth and my God can meet my needs. My God can set my table. My God can take care of my family. My God can take care of my household. And if you never have times where your faith is tested, you will not have the kind of faith you need when the storm comes. You, listen, a faith that cannot be tested cannot be trusted. And God wants to test your faith. God wants to build your faith. God wants you to be stronger. God wants an army of Christians that are marching up and down the streets down in Birmingham and everywhere else saying, hey, don't worry about the economy. Don't worry about the White House. The answer is not in the White House. It's not in the State House. The answer is in God's house. I'm telling you, God can meet your need. And that pressure is there to strengthen your hold, to build your faith. Listen, when that first storm, that first storm that they were in, 
They were, they were just flipping out, man. I'm telling you, it was, it was bad. Jesus is asleep in the boat. And, 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 and by the way, no matter if you're in the storm, he's always close. And they said, carest thou not that we perish? What? And by the way, this is a cool thought. The Bible says that the, water was fill, the boat was filling with water. He's asleep in the bottom of the boat. Where does water get first? The bottom. But he's asleep. Water ain't bothering him a bit. Lightning's flashing. Ain't bothering him a bit. Thunder's rolling. Ain't bothering him a bit. Don't even get his attention. The storm does not get his attention. The wind's blowing. Ain't phasing him a bit. Didn't bother him at all. He's asleep. And that thing that's bothering you the most, that thing you're worrying about the most, it ain't even a hiccup to him. It ain't even getting his attention. But when his children say, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Here he is. He... It wasn't the storm that got his attention. It wasn't your struggle. It wasn't the trouble that you were fearing. It was your cry that got the attention of the master. When they cried out, Master, carest thou not that we perish? He wakes up and calms the storm. Says, Peace be still. And they said, Whoa. But if you keep reading your Bible, you'll find they was in another one. But Jesus turned it up a notch. He sent them by themselves. While he went to pray. But never fear, he's always there. Here comes a storm. Here comes a storm. But you know what? They wasn't afraid this time. They were, they were rocking on. So Jesus says, I'm going to go see how they're doing. He walks on the, the water out there. <clears throat> and when they see him, they had a superstition. They had this, this old wise fable, this superstition that, you know, before you die, you'll see a spirit and that means you're fixing to die. Well, they seen him walking on the water and they thought, we're going to die. He said, be not afraid. It is I. What was he doing again? He was testing their faith again. They had passed the first test. They weren't afraid of the storm. Now he was dealing with their superstition. Y'all with me? What you're going through right now is not going to kill you, I promise you. But I guarantee you, you'll see God in a whole new light. Church, say amen. Amen. Let me give you these three things. Right, I'm just telling them to you. You write them down, and we're going to pray. Done went over time. I ain't going to preach you. Just write this down. What do we do? When this pressure gets so bad, we don't know what we're going to do. When we just want to cry. When we want to run. Number one, breathe. Breathe. I know what you're thinking. No, I'm not in yoga. None of that. Y'all can tell. But do you realize that when you get all tensed up, your lungs are getting tensed up too? And when your lungs are getting tensed up and you're getting all tight and you're getting restricted, this was any sport there is, study any of them. And it, it decreases the amount of oxygen going to your brain and your brain needs all the oxygen you can get at that time. Say amen. amen. Breathe. Just take a deep breath. Just walk outside. Go out into the fresh air. Sometimes it just feels good. Just take a 
Me and brother, me and brother Barry was up here a few years ago. I, it may have been before you came, uh, but we didn't have a piano player. Piano player was sick. One was out of town. One was in Vegas. I don't know. I don't know where they was at, but we didn't have one. Brother, brother, uh, uh, brother McCormick was here and, uh, you know, he's one of my heroes and one of my mentors. And anytime a preacher has a mentor there, you want to, you want it to be on. Y'all know what I'm saying? You want to impress. I know that's carnal, but it is what it is. And boy, I wanted it to be good. Well, me and brother Barry was sitting right there, standing right there. And we were just flipping out. We just, what are we, I mean, we just nervous. I mean, you know, acapella, we're going to sing Barney style. Amen. You know, well, brother McCormick was sitting there where Jalen is and and uh, he sees what's going on, and he's, he's the greatest. I'm just telling you. We're standing here facing each other, and he comes up to, he comes up to uh, uh, me and Brother Barry, and he grabs one arm, and he grabs Brother Barry's arm, and he looks at And he can just say hello and make you weak in the knees. I'm telling you, he's the most intimidating just presence that you could ever imagine. And he said, boys, he looks at me and him both in the eyes, this did not take God by surprise. God knows what he's doing. It's all going to be okay. And we just kind of looked at each other. Yep. <laughs> the secret to dealing with pressure. You got to stay cool, calm, and collected. Because when you're... You're not going to solve any problem. The problem's not going to go away and you're not going to fix it. So the first thing you got to do is breathe. Take a minute. The Bible says, be anxious for nothing. Be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understandings, shall keep your hearts. It means to guard, to garrison. Take a deep breath. Then number two, believe. Believe. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 3, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. This is the key. Lean not on your own. You know why? Because you're going to go through some things you don't understand. You're going to face situations in your life you cannot figure out for the life of you. And he says, I don't want you to try to understand it. I just want you to trust me. Lean, on, lean not on your own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. I want you to breathe. I want you to believe. Then number three, I want you to bring. It says, casting all of your care upon him, for he careth for you. Here's what I want you to do this morning. As every head is bowed and every eye closed. If you're in a high pressure situation right now, 